So last lecture, as I said, is going to be uh, short, and then I want you to uh, discuss more uh, about uh, how we can build more meaningful relationship in our lives. And when we are able to build meaningful relationship in our lives, that can truly free us. We don't need to be so obsessed about ourselves, and then we can bring about real change in us, in others, and in the society that we live in. And that's where true transformation happens. Jesus Christ came not in vacuum. And Jesus Christ does not bring about transformation not individually alone. Jesus brings about transformation in relationship, through relationship. That's why Jesus Christ called the disciples and made relationship with them for three years so that they can go out and build new kind of relationship with others. It is very different from the old power-related relationship. This new relationship is love-related relationship. And Jesus taught them what, how to have that relationship so that they, can, they may go out and build relationship with others. It's not, we don't need that many people to bring about transformation. The world is not changed by the majority. The world is not tr uh, transformed by uh, the great multitude. When you look at the change of the world, the world was transformed by few people, by small committed people, <clears throat> and they made transformation in the world. Uh, you know the very famous uh, uh, anthropologist Margaret Mead, and Margaret Mead uh, said this, never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed people can change the world. Indeed, it is the only thing that ever has. I think she saw it right. Not the multitude, not the majority change the world. Few committed, few dedicated people change the world, and that's it. Only them, they change the world. That's why Jesus said, walk the narrow path. Jesus Christ came alone, and he had only 12 disciples to bring about change. So, God came, Jesus Christ came to teach us that new kind of relationship, and we want to learn this new kind of relationship so that we can relate to other people in a new way. Not in the way everybody uh, uh, relates to each other. Not in the way the world uh, relates to each other. The, we want to build what is the quality of the relationship that I want to relate uh, to people uh, with. And everything uh, begins uh, with our relationship with God. When we can build a true I doubt relationship with God. Not religious relationship. I'm not talking about religious. I, I don't want you to be religious alone. That itself will not change anything. Jesus Christ was also victim of that religion at that time. So being religious is not really the only answer. But 
I want you to have genuine, real, ideal relationship with God, and then you can be a healing presence to other people, not only for yourself, but to other people. Through quality relationship, my life can bring healing to other people. We saw a few examples already that I mentioned about uh, the person that I counsel with, and then a few through those relationships, they truly brought about the transformation. As you see, there are, there are destructive relationships and healing relationships. And we want to build healing relationships, not destructive relationships. Then I doubt relationship is necessary. Then I like to see, examine some of it. And Jung uh, Mok Sam had a book, actually, I and Dao by Martin Buber. But uh, 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 and then you, uh, you read this book a long time ago. And, then, uh, and uh, this is a book, uh, but probably if you read it, it will be quite different from what I, <laughs> I'm saying because uh, uh, it's a pretty difficult to read, first of all. Uh, when you read it, you will get confused. Uh, and second, second of all, I just use a title, uh, borrowed his title. Uh, so I, I'm not really summarizing his book, but uh, that will give you uh, a lot of uh, ideas about I-Dao relationship. And I-Dao relationship is the only relationship that can bring about transformation. I eat relationship doesn't matter how long you build that relationship uh, with another person, that I-it relationship will not bring about transformation. When we are able to truly seek others, I said three things. Uh, in relationship, either you manipulate others, or you become manipulated, or third, you can truly seek others. And either relationship is truly seek other, other people. You know, love is funny and strange. Love is by nature giving yourself for others. But as a result, the person who gives love receives tremendous healing as they give love. You practice it. When you give love to somebody, then as a result, strangely, you experience tremendous healing in your own self. Henry Nouwen, he's a, he was a professor at Harvard University. He was well-known professor, and he was respected. His life was going well, but he wasn't happy. So he quit his university, posi uh, university position. He came to a large community, daybreak, a community here in Richmond Hill area. So he helped uh, mentally and physically challenged people. They, they cannot even give up, get up by themselves. So he has to go and then uh, wakes him up and takes him uh, to, uh, to the wheelchair and it carries him. And he, he did that every day. And he did conversation. And this person has no idea about Harvard. If he says, okay, I'm from Harvard University, university, he won't know what Harvard is. So, I mean, he had to relate to this person, not as a Harvard professor, not as somebody who achieved so much, but as just as a human being. 
And he related uh, and he gave a lot of love to this uh, person. And at the end, he said, I was changed. I experienced my own healing by taking care of this person. So love is strange. When you give, actually you receive healing in your own life. So when you are able to give love to the people around you, ultimately you receive that love as a result. By giving love, we experience salvation. Not when I, oh, I want to be saved. Not when I say that. But when you truly give love, you experience salvation. And salvation is restoration of relationship. Relationship with God and relationship with each other. That's what salvation is. When there is a relationship problem between when there was a relationship problem between Adam and Eve, this is what Adam said. Before, what did he say? First, he saw Eve. What did he say? You are bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. Wow. So beautiful. You and I are so connected. We are almost one together. But after they had a fight, this is what Adam said. The woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me fruit from the tree and I ate. Very different. It's not bone of bone or uh, flesh of flesh. The woman you gave to me. You know? He's blaming God. He's blaming the woman at the, uh, at the same time. It's very different. There is no bone of my bones. Only the woman whom you gave to be with me. She's not thou anymore. She has become it or other. And he blames her and also blames God. But when you look at it, before this happened, already broken relationship happened when you, uh, with God. When this, uh, before he said this, he said about God this way. I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. He was always naked, but all of a sudden, he was embarrassed about his nakedness. I think the Genesis writer knew human psychology very well. When relationship is broken, we are afraid of our own nakedness. We cannot be ourselves. In true idol relationship, you can be yourself as weak as you are. You are free to be yourself. But when that idol relationship is broken, you are not anymore free to be yourself. Pretension takes over. You have to show good side of yourself. And you are embarrassed about your nakedness, your darkness, your weaknesses. But when I doubt relationship is truly formed, then all this pretension disappears and then you become totally free to be yourself. I doubt relationship gives freedom to be who we are not scared of our faults and shortcomings. So when you come to God, 
When you have idol relationship, you can truly be naked to God. But if your relationship with God is not idol relationship, you will be scared of God. You will not come to God with a naked self. You have to somehow show your good side of it. And already that relationship is broken relationship. But with God, there's no other relationship but idol relationship. With human beings, we can have other relationships. But with God, only relationship that is possible is idol relationship where you are completely free to be yourself, to show your shortcomings. So yesterday we saw, um, is it today or yesterday? I'm not sure. But uh, we saw that Paul, after meeting Christ, he was able to show his naked self. Instead of saying that, oh, I used to be bad, but I am good now. But now he could truly show his weaknesses, his darkness, and his shortcomings. Being free to be who you are instead of running away is healing. That Samaritan woman we explored, she tried to run away, run away from people. She shot herself from the rest of the people. And she was in her own closet. Jesus went there and brought her out and brought about the transformation. And she was free now. She was free to dance. She was free to run. She was free to fly. And she ran to the community. And then told them that this Jesus changed me and transformed me. That's what I doubt relationship does to people. Free them from their bondage. Empower them to go beyond their weaknesses. Give them the courage to accept who they are, no matter how painful that may be. Open their hearts to be connected with others. We are all, in a sense, victims of expectations, judgment, and condemnation of the world. John Wellwood said in his book, Perfect Love, Imperfect Relationship, he said, Expectations in relationships can often be a subtle form of violence, for they can be a demand that others conform to our will. So sometimes expectations are poison because it can be a subtle form of violence in the relationship. Many times through our relationships, instead of feeling liberated and empowered, we feel trapped, chained, and belittled. And then you cannot demand the other person to continue in that relationship. When you feel belittled, when you feel chained, when you feel trapped, you have to deal with that relationship first before just asking that person to continue that relationship. Sometimes we are way too judgmental to each other. The less you demand total fulfillment from the relationship, the more you can appreciate them for the beautiful tapestries 
They are in which absolute and relative, perfect and imperfect, infinite and finite are marvelously interwoven. You can experience that tapestry. Within us, we all have, all we, all have this uh, thing. Good I versus bad other. That mentality kills the relationship. There is a war between good I and bad other. And actually, bad other is internal image of the person who doesn't love us. Whoever does not love us, we label them sometimes as bad other. Our relationship, instead of loving, uplifting relationship, they have become competition of who is right and who is more righteous. When you make the other bad, you cannot have genuine relationships. As I said, if you don't find beauty in other people, you cannot have thou, uh, I thou relationship. When you make other person as bad, then you cannot build genuine, real relationship. So we need to think, think about this good eye and bad other... Uh, yeah, John? Okay. Yeah, it is a little too distracting, yeah. Thank you, John. Think about yourself, whether you have this good eye, bad other attitude in you. I'm always good. I'm always right. Always other person is bad. And always other person is wrong. Think about whether you have this good eye, bad other mentality within you. Because that mentality is very opposite of biblical teaching. You may think that this is right, but this is self-righteousness. Without realizing, you have fallen into your own self-righteousness. I'm always right, and others are always wrong. And you are busy proving that others are wrong, and you are right. Even by destroying the relationship, you try to prove that others are wrong. But relationship is broken. But doesn't matter. I am right. They are wrong. That's what's all matter. That good eye, bad other mentality kills and destroys the relationship. And let me give you biblical example whether this is biblical mentality or not. It is opposite of what the Bible says. Let me give you little examples for you. First, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others better than yourselves. Is it this teaching? Good I, bad other? No. Paul teaches, consider others better than yourself. Let me give you another example. This is time, this time it's a Jesus teaching. Do not judge so that you may not be judged. For with the judgment you may 
with the judgment you make, you will be judged. And the measure you give will be the measure you get. Why do you see the speck in your neighbor's eye, but do not notice the log in your own eye? You see speck in others' eye, but you don't see log in your own eyes. It's not good eye, bad other teaching. I have a log, Jesus said. Others have only a speck. Maybe good other, bad eye. And then it's very different from this teaching. And typical example of the opposite of this teaching is Jesus' teaching about Pharisees' prayer. Let me read it and then you listen. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee standing by himself was praying thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other people. What is he doing? Good eye, bad other. Thieves, rogues, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of all my income. Good eye, bad other. But at the end, you know what, did you, what uh, Jesus said? Do you know who went home considered righteous by God? Not Pharisee, but tax collector. He was proven wrong. St. Paul had this good eye, bad other attitude when before he met God in an eye-thou relationship. He went out to persecute Christians, and he said this to himself. He said, listen, if anyone else has reason to be confident in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day, a member of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew born of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. Good eye. He was full of good eye, and he went out to capture the bad other. That's when he met the risen Christ, and then everything collapsed. Everything he believed collapse. This is what he said after meeting Christ. Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the foremost. This is after he met Christ. No more good I, bad other mentality in Paul. In relationship, this good I, bad other mentality is always in the way. As long as we have this mentality, the relationship cannot last long or get deepened. When people do that, first you fight, but they are so strong because they want to prove that I am right and you're wrong until, even though relationship is broken, so then after a while, you don't even try. When that person says, I am right, you're right. But is there a relationship? You just move on, but the relationship is not deepened. Other people just avoid. It's not that they agree with you. They avoid any conflict. So this good eye, bad other relationship is always in the way. John Wellwood said, 
The most destructive element in human relationships is the urge to make other people bad or wrong and then judge, reject, or punish them for that. When you fail to grieve your own hurt, you create grievance within you. And I'm going to just talk about five A's for you, and then I want you to let uh, I want to let you go and then discuss. Uh, there are five A's in his book: How to be an adult in relationships. First A is attention. Attention is when I doubt relationship occurs, everything else goes into the background. The person you are talking to becomes the entire universe. It shows how interested you are in that person. While listening to someone, if you are thinking about something else, you are not giving attention. So when you build, want to build good relationship, learn to give attention. In the fellowship hall or whatever, when you uh, hear somebody, then don't get distracted. You pay total attention to that person. As I said about the, Brazil, uh, the man that I met in Brazil, when he listened to me, he looked at me as though I am the entire universe. And he was very interested in what I have to say. But a lot of times when we hear other people, what, what do we do? We are thinking of something else. You know? Oh, yeah, yeah, feeling. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah hey, really? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you know you're, you're not sure what you heard. You know? You just want to uh, pretend that you heard. But give total attention is difficult. Because we are scattered. We are distracted. There's a book uh, that uh, I was reading uh, by Carl Nicholas, and the uh, title is The Shallows, What the Internet is Doing to Our Brains. I mean, this uh, internet uh, uh, age is very difficult to have real, uh, real attention and concentration. He, this is what he said. And what the net seems to be doing is chipping away my capacity for concentration and contemplation. Once I was a scuba diver in the sea of words, now I zip along the surface like a guy on a jet ski. So he cannot really enter into the ocean of words, enter into the ocean of thoughts, enter into the ocean of uh, the other people. We are just zip along, just this person and that person and we cannot really have concentration. And this will affect our relationship. How do we communicate? A lot of times with text message. You know, very short, especially with the iPhone. It's really, really hard to write anything. So I just, okay, yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, just, just one or two words, right? That's how we communicate. And with that, how can you talk about your feelings? How can you talk about uh, your deep thoughts, your struggles? And we are so used to this kind of uh, form of communication. And also, a lot of times, we are filled with our own, own agenda. When you listen to people, paying attention means you're not judging that person. But as soon as you hear one word, already make a judgment. And then you don't listen really. You're listening your own voice. 
You know, they are talking, but you're creating your own novel. You know, uh, by listening to their uh, stories, you're making up your own stories. Because you're not paying, you're filled with your own agenda. So when you listen to other people, pay attention. Truly listen. Anthony DeMello said, a lot of people see persons and things not as they are, but as you are. We see things not as they are, but as we are. Let down all our prejudgments and pay attention to what they say. Second, acceptance. You don't have to agree with everyone. The fact that we don't agree with them can make us very uncomfortable. But we have to accept the fact that people are different. People are different. And, when, and we have to learn to accept people who are different from us. We don't have to always change them to be like us so that we may relate to them. Accepting, accepting somebody means to respect their choices, their feelings, and their personal traits. When a woman caught in adultery was brought before Jesus, and Jesus said, let those who have no sin cast the first stone. Jesus accepted the sinners and outcasts without moralizing them. Accepting somebody is opposite of moralizing them. You don't have to agree with their lifestyle. You don't have to agree with their philosophy. You don't have to agree with what they say. But we have to learn to accept them as they are. We need to be a bigger person to accept those who are different. We try to earn love through our efforts, looks, talents, and achievements. By doing that, we may earn approval, but what we need is love that accepts us as we are. We want to be where we are accepted. And then we should practice this acceptance instead of trying to make changes so fast. By doing that, you don't change anybody. Third, appreciation. Appreciation is finding good values in each person. Everyone has a beautiful, good quality, and we discover that good quality. That's a talent. When you discover others' faults, you're not genius because everybody knows how to do it. But when you find good value that other people don't find, then you're genius. You can find treasure in every person. That woman who was 20 years older than, uh, than the person that I mentioned in the first night, that woman found treasure in him. And then he, she was able to help him and transform him. John M. Gottman, a professor of the University of Washington in Seattle, he said, the ratio of appreciation to complaint in couples that stay together you know what that is? 
five to one. People who stay together, they give appreciation five times more than the complaints. So in your, all those married couples, learn to show appreciation. Learn to express appreciation. When you are thankful, don't just be thankful inside. Say it. Express it. Thank you. And then by doing that, you build better relationship. When we are appreciated, we know it. We feel valued. I know when I am appreciated, I feel good. I feel empowered. I feel precious. And I can move on in spite of the fact that I have shortcomings. I can move on through those appreciations. And I'm going to move uh, to the next. Uh, of, uh, it's just a little. Uh, uh, in building Ida relationship, finding others' precious quality is very important. Uh, and of course, you have to be very sincere uh, about your appreciation. You know, for people like me, if you say, oh, you're so tall and handsome, then. <laughs> then. Oh, that person is half right. <laughs> I'll say. I mean, so when you show appreciation, you have to be genuine and then sincere. You cannot make up. Then that's not appreciation, that's a ridiculing somebody. Next, affection. Love is our primary need. Relationship grow on love. Like tree cannot grow without water, relationships cannot grow without love. Love is a warm feeling, but it is not just warm feeling. Love is the way you respond to different situations. Let me tell you, when love meets suffering and pain, love is expressed as compassion. But when love meets enemies, it is expressed as forgiveness. When love meets the evil, the love is expressed as justice. To people who are kind to us, love shows appreciation. To people who want to stay away from us because they are angry, love waits. To people who misunderstand us, love explains to them and helps them understand. To people who cannot stand us, love embraces them as the ocean embraces the water, rivers bring down. And as the sky embraces the cloud. To people who need us, love stays with them and be with them. So love has many different faces. Love is the way you respond to different situations 
and expresses self in different ways. So love is not just always warm, fuzzy feeling. Sometimes because of love, you speak the truth. Sometimes because of love, you are firm. Sometimes because of love, you critique. So love expresses itself in many different ways. The last A, allowing. So first, let's go over. First one is what? Attention. Second, acceptance. Third, appreciation. And fourth, affection. Try to remember this. And then in your relationship, try to uh, be aware of these five, five A's. Last one is most difficult. That is allowing. But that is most important. We allow people who they are. We let people express their pain, their hurt, their deep needs, and even their deep insecurities. We allow them to do so because that's what our Lord Jesus did. He allowed Peter to deny him. The cross is the ultimate expression of allowing. When you read the last part, Last Supper in John, Jesus said this. Jesus knew exactly who was going to betray him, Judas. He said, one of you will betray me. And then he gave everyone the uh, element. And then he said this. Do to uh, Judas, do quickly what you're going to do. He allowed Judas to betray him, and to the end, he gave the bread and wine. This allowing is very painful and very difficult, but Jesus did it. Jesus did not say, Judas, why are you trying to do that? Don't do it. Jesus knew that that won't be helpful. Jesus knew that Judas was going to betray him. So he allowed Judas to betray him. I doubt relationship gives total freedom to the other. True relationship is possible only in this total freedom. True relationship is not in our control. So these fives, five A's. So I'm going to stop here uh, tonight. And I want you to uh, go to your uh, group and share together. Uh, and you come back. And then uh, because it's last night, I don't know how much time do we have. Yeah, including group discussion. How much time? Uh, what time are they supposed to finish their group discussion? Nine o'clock? Really? Huh? Yeah. Can you come back uh, 10 to 9? Is it too short? Okay. Nine o'clock? Okay. So can you come back 9 o'clock and share a little bit of 
what you discussed, and I like to hear all the uh, groups uh, sharing that what is the uh, uh, best way uh, 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 attitude or behavior to build good IDA relationship. So we'll come back at 9 o'clock and share together. Okay? <laughs>